Morning, everyone. Poker Tov. Good Erev Shabbat. This week's parsha is Parsha Truma. So the pasuk, uh, the parsha begins uh, that the Vaidab Hashem Al Moshe Leimor Dabeo Bnei Yisrael Viyikhuli Truma. So, <coughs> all the before Shim look at the word, it says, Truma. Take for me, Truma. It should say, Truma, period. What does Lee mean? So Rashi immediately comments that Li means Lishmi. That when you gave, when our ancestors gave uh, donations, material to build the Mishkan, they had to do it with donative intent. They had to have Kavanah that they're giving to the Mishkan, that they're giving to the Rabboni Shalom. So you had to give L'Shem for the sake of the Mishka. Now people give for a lot of reasons. I give because my neighbor asked me to give. It's called cloud funding, right? I don't want to give. I don't know anything about the organization. But my neighbor says, right? So here's... uh, 500 shekel. I mean, for a man of my means, 500 shekel is nothing, but then it's still, okay. But the uh, Mishkan, that wouldn't work. I have to give the shame. I'm not giving because of my neighbor. I'm not giving because I eventually hope that I'll be able to do business with you and I'll make the money back. I'm not giving to you because I'm going to get a plaque on the wall. The Mishkan had no plaques. But the Migdash did, but the Mishkan did not. So... uh, the Mishkan is unique, so to speak. And all the Mephorshim look at it, and they say, uh, that's not the Halakha. That's, the Gemara says, If you give a donation to the poor person, Almanas she so that my son, who God forbid is ill, should become well again. So the Gemara says, I raise it, Sadi Gomur. It's a righteous man. So why by the Mishkan do we say that there has to be this special donative intent? Lishmi. More than that, 
How about this case that the Gemara creates for us? You lose a uh, hundred shekel drops out of your pocket in the street. You don't even know you lost it yet. Twenty minutes later, a poor man passes by and he notices the hundred shekel on the street. He looks around, he asks anybody, no, no, it's not my money, we didn't lose it. So he takes it and he's able to use it to buy food for Shabbos. So the Gemara says, the man who lost it has credit for Tzedakah. Now, he, he doesn't know, he doesn't even know that he lost it. And when he lost it, he doesn't know who found it. And he probably feels bad, I lost a hundred shekel. And the man who picked it up is a poor man that needs the money. And the Gemara says, it's Zdoka, right? It goes on the ledger, so to speak, in heaven that the man gave a hundred shekel to Zdoka. So what happened here by the Mishkan? The Mishkan says, Lishmi. You have to give Lishay Mishkan. You have to give for the purpose of the Mishkan, not for any ulterior motive. So this question is raised by uh, all of the commentators, especially the later commentators. And there are uh, different uh, approaches to this issue. So I'm going to dwell on one approach. One approach is that uh, the Mishkan is different. So to speak, you want to build, the Mishkan is the base Hashem. It's God's house, not your house. So I have no right to tell you in your house what color wallpaper to put on the uh, dining room. So you may put wallpaper that I consider to be hideous. Can't do anything about it. And not only that, it would be uh, a terrible chutzpah on my part uh, to make any comment to you. I'm invited uh, for lunch by you, and I say, what a hideous wallpaper you have. Wait until you taste the chunk. I mean, what, uh, what, what do you think? Uh, people don't behave like that. So it says in the Pesach, Samachti Biomimli Beis Hashem Nelech. David HaMelech said, I rejoiced when I said that we can go to the house of God. So the house of God is the Mishkan. The house of God is the Beit HaMikdash. The house of God is the synagogue. It's not your house. If it's not your house, then it has a special quality to it that it is not ordinary charity.
and therefore it requires intent. And that's part of the problem that we face with uh, synagogue worship is we want to make it quote meaningful unquote or entertaining or that the young should love it or it should be more inspirational or more melodious and therefore certainly over the last three centuries uh, there have been groups of Jews who uh, I certainly give them the benefit of the doubt that they meant well but they tinkered with uh, the Beit HaKnesset it's more meaningful if I have uh, a woman sitting next to me so in my house in my uh, table if I have a woman guest that's one thing but that's not your house it's not up to you you know so uh, I saw a questionnaire sent out by a congregation in the United States so in the questionnaire are all sorts of wild ideas before you become a candidate to be the rabbinate to show you how much in touch they are they sent me the questionnaire <laughs> I wrote them back I said you can't afford it but one of the questions is can you play a guitar why is that a question for a rabbi if I applied to be you know a, uh, a member of an orchestra or to enter a school of music that question makes sense but if I uh, am supposed to be uh, a, a teacher uh, a uh, spiritual leader whatever you call it why is that why is that germane to the issue but the truth of the matter is that in today's world it is germane on the internet uh, many times there are services from uh, non-orthodox congregations they're sabbath services so first of all they, they, they're barely 50 people there and it's a little pompous but I noticed that all of them have rabbis that play guitars <laughs> and they all are having guitar playing the Beis Hashem so in the Beis Hashem there were Levim there was an orchestra etc that's Alpi Halacha but if you're doing it for your own entertainment so that is a little arrogant on your part and that if you'll think about it that's a core issue in Jewish life 
Who is it for? What's the purpose of the Beis Hashem? Who is it meant to benefit and attract? So, that's one stream with the Mishkan. And not only that, that the Mishkan, uh, the Gemara teaches us, uh, the Madrashim teaches us, that uh, depending on the amount of kavoda that the person had, what his intent was, the, what, he, what he gave went into uh, the uh, artifact that they were building. For instance, you're giving gold. Your Azriel, gold for cash. So he gives gold. Now, he certainly wants that the gold should go into the Aron Kadesh. Be next to the Luchos. To the Kruvin. So how did Betzalel know whose gold to put where? Which gold went in the menorah? Which one went into the crown of the Shulchan? How did he know which gold thread was used for uh, the, the big day kahuna? So he had, uh, the Gemara says, Betzalel is because Betzalel, he was in the shadow of God. So he had prophecy, he had the godly revelation. So he knew that the Yankiv's gold was given 100% L'shem Shemayim. So he put it into the Oran. He knew that the gold that was given by Ruvain, he gave because of his labor. Okay, so he took the gold, but he didn't put it in the Oran. In fact, sometimes they sold the gold in order to, uh, uh, you know, buy wagons. The famous story of uh, with the Chaim uh, Valozhiner. So Valozhin was the first yeshiva uh, that had an organized fundraising group. They had uh, all over Lita uh, people that collected money on behalf of the yeshiva, which was an innovation in the 19th century. So uh, they would hire people and say, raise, like today, you know, raise money and we'll give you a percentage of the money that you raise. Reb Chaim has a long tshuva that uh, as long as the yeshiva gets 51% of the money, it's still good. You're going to have 49% expenses. So uh, the story goes that one of these collectors uh, went out and bought himself a Lexus. Big wagon with nice white horses. And he was riding around collecting money and he's riding in this rich man's vehicle. So one of the uh, 
donors to the yeshiva complained to Chaim Balashner. He said, well, what the... He's collecting money for the yeshiva and this guy's going around in the, you know, with white horses and a, and a brand new wagon and everything. I don't, want to, I don't want to give money for the horses. I want to give for the shir, for the, for the lecture and Talmud, for the Torah. How do I know where my money is going? So Rebchaim uh, answered him and he said, it depends on your donative intent. If your intent was 100% for the yeshiva, then it goes only to support the bochrim who are learning. If you have other intents, so it goes for the horses too. So B'Tzalel was able to tell which was for the Oren and which was for other things. So that's a one stream, one way of looking at this uh, idea of Lilishmi. But there's another way to look which is really, uh, uh, I want to uh, emphasize that I think that this is a uh, really a salutary idea. And you know, everything I say is holy, it's just some is more apparent than others. <laughs> is tzedakah charity a mitzvah bein odom lamokom or bein odom lachavera? On which side of the luchos would we put tzedakah? Is it I give tzedakah, that's a commandment of God? You have to help people. And that's a mitzvah like Tfilm and like Tzitzis, like Esrig, like Sukkah. Or it's Meinonim Lechavero. It's a social mitzvah. It's a societal mitzvah. It's a mitzvah between people. Like Achnos Azorachim. Or Levoya Sameis. Those are all societal mitzvahs. And without those mitzvahs, society can't exist. But nevertheless, it's not true and it's not tzitzis. So that's the question, basic question. So the Mephorshim say this is the difference between the Mishkan and Zdoka. The cases that I raised before, that a person gives charity, but the condition, or a person loses a hundred shekel and somebody picks it up and that's a mitzvah of Zdoka, those are all mitzvahs of Zdoka. The mitzvah of Zdoka is Beinodem Lachavero. So, on any of the mitzvahs that are Beinodem Lachavero, we look at the result. What happened? What's the, the bottom line, so to speak? 
We don't care how we got there. It's not only the bottom line, it's the process. So for instance, the Gemara says, uh, a person hears the shofar on Rosh Hashanah sounded. He's not in Shul. He walks by. You know, it was, God forbid, Corona. Everybody was outside in the tent. And he hears. Is he Yotze Tia Shofar? He's a passerby. He's not part of the congregation. So the Gemara says that if he had intent to fulfill the mitzvah and if the man that is sounding the shofar has intent that anybody that hears it should be as though he did the mitzvah so then it's good but if he has no intent at all he just walks by and he hears the shofar so he does not have the mitzvah so the question arises why is that different than the guy that picks up the $100 bill. There is no intent either. Yet we say he has the mitzvah of tzedakah. And the answer is, the mitzvah of tzedakah is meinodom mechavero. It's a societal mitzvah. The mitzvah of shofar is meinodom lamokum. Anything that's meinodom lamokum requires intent. Otherwise, it doesn't go. There's a famous uh, piece. Uh, it was a great relevant Varsha in the early part of the 20th century. Mayor Don Plotsky was his name. So he wrote a safer, Klichemda, it's called. It's a commentary to the parshias of the uh, of the year, uh, and it's mainly halacha, really mainly Polish pilpul, which they were great at. But once in a while, he has a gem of uh, homiletics, let us say. So he comments in the story of Yosef and his brothers, which is one of the core stories uh, in Judaism because it keeps on going forever yeah, and the, the Avera of uh, Homan uh, and Purim is to be Machapir uh, for the sin of Yosef and his brothers okay so Yosef reveals himself their brothers and Yosef and they bring him home and he brings his father down and he settles them in Goshen. He buys them a mansion of Beverly Hills. There he's a good there in good shape. Yaakov lives seventeen years in Egypt. And then he passes away, and the brothers all go back there to Israel for the burial. 
into the Mars Hamachpelah, and then they returned to Egypt. They noticed that Yosef is not, I mean, it's their conscience that notes it. They, they're uncomfortable. They notice it's not the, like the way it was when their father was alive. Their father was alive, he came every day and called. And now, you know, he's busy. He's running the country. So they came to him and they said, Please forgive us. Omnon Chotonu Chatoagdola. We made a great sin. You were right, we were wrong. So you can do with us whatever you want. We will be your servants, so you know, you, you can do whatever you want because of what we did to you. So Yosef Hatzadik says to them, are you gonna, what's, are you, what's wrong with you people? He says, Atem chashavtem alai raw, You thought you're doing me an evil thing. You wanted to destroy me. And the Lord turned it out that that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. That's how I became the Viceroy of Egypt. And that's how I saved the world. So you have nothing to worry about. So uh, Mayor Dunn asked the question, that doesn't fit in halacha either. The halacha is, for instance, there's a, a Jew, Nebuch, that he wants to eat a non-kosher food. So he walks into McDonald's, here in Israel, you can do this. He walks into McDonald's to order a hamburger. He thinks he's in a tray for McDonald's. But he's in the kosher McDonald's. Which is part of the confusion here in the country. And he eats the hamburger. Does he, what's, what, what is his uh, obligation here? So the Gemara says the obligation is he has to bring a sacrifice like a korbmachatus because he thought he was eating treif even though he was eating kosher. So then what kind of an answer does Yosef give to the brothers and when he says to them, you thought you were going to kill me, you thought you were going to destroy me, but it turned out good. So it's like you thought you were in a tray for McDonald's, and you ended up in a kosher McDonald's. If you end up in a kosher McDonald's, you still have to bring a Gorman. You still have to make atonement for it. So he says this principle again. The principle is... That if it's Bein Odom Lechavero, we don't look at the process. We look at what the bottom line is. The bottom line, Yosef says, it turned out good, forget it. 
I don't care how we got here. I always think of that regarding Eretz Israel too. It's how to look at it. Don't tell me a hundred years ago what happened. Who was right, who was wrong, should have been, shouldn't have been, maybe. Who, forget it. What's the bottom line? There's seven million Jews, believe I know, are living in Eretz Israel, and there's a Jewish state. And so, it's okay. So that's it. Any debate as to what have been, you know, that, that's all nonsense. So that's what Yosef told them. This is a Benodom Lachavero matter, the brothers and me. And it turned out good, so that's the end of the story. I don't, I'm not interested as to how it turned out good. God has his ways. And his ways are not our ways, and it's always, how did this happen, you know? That's, uh, that's part of it. But if it's been Odom, Lamokom, eating kosher or not kosher, anything like that, so then we want to know the process. What did the man think? Gemara says, Rachmona Liba boy. The Rabboni Shalom wants to know your intent. You want to do a mitzvah, what's your intent? And if your intent is that you think you're in the tray for McDonald's, then you are in the tray for McDonald's, even if you're not in the tray for McDonald's. So that's a basic idea that, uh, if you'll think about it, as I'm sure you will, uh, helps explain many things that go on. Not only in halacha, but go on in life. <laughs> in, in the rabbinate, but not, not everybody has the same thing, you know. So, a boy wants to marry this girl. His parents are not thrilled. They think he should do better. All of us think that my child should do better. We think that way because we didn't do better. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, they came to complain to me. Like I have something, I can help them. So what happened after 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, they got married, and this woman whom he married took care of his parents uh, to the extent that it was unbelievable. And she was such a wonderful woman. And the the father came to me once and he said, you know, I have such remorse 
I have such regret that we were against her. And she turned out to be the savior of the family. She turned out to be the greatest thing that could have happened. And I don't know what the, should I go apologize to her? So I told him again, You thought it's not a good idea. God thought it was a good idea. Leave it. It's the bottom line. It's made on Lachavero. And uh, when we deal in life, I think that's an important point that should always be remembered. We should realize whether we're dealing Beinodem Lachavero or we're dealing Beinodem Lamokum. And therefore, the Mishkan is Beinodem Lamokum, not Beinodem Lachavero. The Mishkan is not Zdoka. It's not charity. It's building a base Hashem. That's up to, that's There I want to know, did the guy have intent? Did he have kabona? What did he intend? Losing a hundred shekel on the street is I don't care what he thought. He may not even know he lost it. Too bad, but the mitzvah is there. The bottom line is the poor man got the hundred shekel. So all of that comes from the two Hebrew letters, Lamed Yud, Yikuli Truma, to be able to understand these nuances, and that's the key to really appreciating the greatness of Torah. Have a great Shabbat, everyone. Thank you for coming. Next week is Parsha Zohar. We'll get into Purim, and then we'll get to Pesach. Then we'll get to Shavuos. Hang in there.